Hi, I'm Stacy. I love chatting about how to find our callings, preferably cozied up with steaming beverages in a coffee shop. You can connect with me on social media at Stacy Summerow and subscribe to StacySummerow.com for a free discernment packet called How to Make the Right Choice. God's adventure awaits, my friend, and I am thrilled you're on the journey with me. Hello and welcome to Called and Caffeinated. I'm Stacey Summerow and I'm so glad you have joined me for something that I have never talked about on my podcast before, homeschooling. I am a veteran mother of one year of homeschooling. Uh, I say that in jest, of course. Um, I have taught my two oldest kids to read while wrangling my two younger ones who are ages two and seven months old. And I'm realizing as I am introducing this podcast, I should just give you a little bit of context about my homeschooling journey and my perspective approaching homeschooling. I am by no means a homeschool or die kind of mother. I was homeschooled myself at different points. I also attended several different private schools as I was growing up as a military brat traveling around. And I promised myself when I set out to homeschool that I was going to only do it if it's going to be good for me and for my children. If it got in the way of my relationship with my children, I wasn't going to do it. If I was going to be unable to hold myself back from saying things that would put them in therapy for years, I was not going to do it. And I know from seeing my mom go through some of the very normal struggles that I think every homeschool mom faces and coming from a community where there were an unusually large number of homeschooling families compared to how it used to be in the United States, my mom and All of the families that we knew who were in our homeschool group were kind of ahead of their time back in the 90s and early 2000s homeschooling. Now it's very much more common, but at the time it was not very common. You can probably hear my little guy, my little Michael in the background there. Um, He's my seven month old and he is, I guess, co-hosting with me today for the podcast. Uh, But anyway, I, coming from a homeschool background, I saw and understood in advance all of the struggles that I was going to face with homeschooling, especially keeping patience, keeping a clean house, um, kind of dealing with the struggle of trying to entertain the little ones while homeschooling the bigger ones. And I foresaw all of those and I knew that it wasn't going to be this necessarily this peaceful journey where we're just loving learning all the time. So I kind of entered homeschooling with fear and trembling and not illusions of this perfection that maybe some other people would have. Um, And so I, entering in with that perspective, I kind of expected the challenges and I gotta say, it went better than I thought. (laughs) I have my oldest two are reading beautifully. They're both in first grade now. And uh, I, I feel encouraged to go into this year better equipped with more strategies for a peaceful year. So I'm excited to share my top three strategies and then a bonus one at the end. So let's dive in. Okay, so the first strategy is a patience intervention. I feel like no matter how seasoned I become as a homeschool mom, no matter how many years I do this, I'm going to need this patience intervention strategy because some days when you start homeschooling, you're like, oh man, this is going to be the worst lesson ever. This is a really hard concept. And lo and behold, your children just hurdle it beautifully and you feel like you're thriving. Everybody's so smart. Everybody's just doing great. And then other days you think, oh, this lesson's going to be easy. This is review. And for whatever reason, your children cannot grasp it. It feels like you're watching a fly try to fly through an open door, but it keeps just like banging on the glass and you're batting it over and you're like, come on, you're almost there. You're almost there. Go through the open door to the outside. And it's so frustrating 
the fly just can't get out. <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes as a homeschool mom. So in those moments and at those times, I exercise a patience intervention. And there's a couple different ways that you could do this for yourself. One is very simple. Take three deep breaths before you say anything. Give yourself 10 full seconds to craft a really good, reasonable response to your child's problem. Another thing you can do is to take a sip of coffee, a very long sip of coffee. You could light a candle like I like to do and just stare at the candle for 10 seconds, watch the flame and allow yourself to kind of come down from the emotion in order to respond reasonably. Another thing, um, my, my friend of mine was telling me about the benefits of chewing sugar-free gum, and I had no idea. There's all this science behind chewing gum and how it alleviates stress and helps you process. It allows you to go through a stressful situation with lowered cortisol levels and to uh, have greater focus and mental acuity. So that could work for you or your children, potentially, um, chewing gum. Whatever you choose, make a space between the problem and your response to it enough to give you time to calm down. I do not want to say anything to my children that's going to cause them trauma and require years of therapy to heal from. <laughs> so this patience intervention helps give me a little bit of space to remember that my children have a right to mess up. They have a right to not be perfect, just like I'm not perfect and none of us is. And so they have a right, as long as they're trying, they're concentrating, they're doing their best, they have a right to not understand things right away and to grapple with things. And my role is to come up with a creative way to teach them that will help them understand it, no matter how many tries that takes, and to be a patient advocate for them and not exacerbate their frustration, but rather give them tools to help them come down from it. As a side note, I've also trained my children to take deep breaths with me when we both feel frustrated or when we all feel frustrated. And that's been super helpful. As they get older, I also would not at all be opposed to letting them chew gum or um, have a, you know, some kind of a beverage nearby, tea or water or something nearby to take a sip before they, um, before they respond. So this definitely works for both mom and for kids. My next pain point that I have a strategy for is maybe the hardest one. What to do with the littles while you're homeschooling the bigs. I have a two-year-old and a seven-month-old and they just don't have the skills yet to be patient, to wait. They need more, much more attention than my five and six-year-old. So what do you do with the little ones? Well, in our house, we don't have a synchronized nap time for the little ones um, because my two-year-old takes one nap. My seven-month-old takes at least two naps. And so it just works out that they're never down at the same time. So what I do is I wait until one goes down, usually my seven-month-old, for his morning nap. And that's when we try to get our homeschooling done. And for my two-year-old, I have a little sweet little box that her speech therapist put together for her. And it's kind of like her special thing that she plays with during homeschool time. You may need several things and you will probably have to change them up every week or a couple of weeks, maybe have a rotating supply for the littles. But just giving them special sensory toys that they can really engage with while you are homeschooling your big ones can be massively helpful. The box that I'm thinking of right now has little animals in it and sponges and little pretend soap and a tiny little plastic tub from the dollar store. It's amazing what you can get for a dollar and little towels and baskets that the pets can sit in and she washes her animals. She gives them a little bubble bath and she can get into that. Now, of course, the floor is going to be messy and I'm going to have to clean that up. But I feel like it's worth it to give us the time to work together with for me and my, my bigger ones. 
Um, another thing you can do is dried beans in a box with little buckets and little scoops and animals. Oh my goodness, kids just love that. So um, anything that you can do, any kind of sensory toy, maybe cleaning, gosh, two-year-olds love cleaning the house. I'm like, cash in on that while they love it. When they're you know older, they're not gonna love it. So <laughs> cash in on that, give them a, a wipe and let, let them go clean the cabinets or something like that. Anything that they can do to engage their senses and allow them to get deep into something uh, and concentrate on something. If you have a two-year-old, you know that nothing works 100% of the time for a two-year-old. So another strategy would be to have one of the bigger kids watch the two-year-old while you homeschool the other one and work with the other one one one-on-one and then you switch off. That works quite well for at least a few minutes. And then another strategy would be to sit the two-year-old on your lap, sit the little one on your lap, and give them a pretend school assignment. They want to feel included, and they feel very included when it feels to them like they're doing school. So I will start to teach her her letters, or I'll just run her finger along the bottom of the page, along the words, just like we do for her big brother and sister when they were learning to read. And that way she feels like she's part of the party, she's part of the action. Alrighty, my third biggest pain point with homeschooling has nothing to do with schooling at all. It's that we are all home all together, and we are messing up the house all day and I feel like some days I have no sense of order and dealing with the clutter just becomes a lot a lot for me and I start to feel crazy from the mess that's around me (laughs) so on those days I try to get out of the house I just try to pack up the kids go somewhere fun get in touch with other homeschool families and make a play date go to an orchard and go apple picking, go play on a playground, go out and go hiking, something after we finish our schoolwork. Usually that is just as helpful for me as it is for my kids. It puts me in a different place mentally. It helps them to just get their energy out. And when we arrive home, the the home is no messier than it was when we left. I won't have more cleaning to do. It basically lessens the number of hours that I have to spend cleaning every day because they've been making less mess while we've been out. Um, So just getting out of the house is huge. And honestly, they need the socialization. I need friends. We all need it. It's good for us. Um, Some days I know you just can't get out. There is just no way because you'll have one kid down for a nap. And then as soon as they wake up, another one goes down. And so you're just kind of stuck at home all day. And on those days, I just give myself a lot of grace and I try to just do one thing, whether that's getting the laundry done or cleaning up one corner of the house so that every time I look at it, I get a little, a little bit of joy. I can draw a little bit of joy from that little spot that's organized. And I find that that kind of just helps me power through the day. And I also remind myself that this is a very intense phase of life, but it is short. It's not going to last forever. In just a couple of years, my seven-month-old and my two-month-old will be able to help contribute cleaning up the house, just like my five- and six-year-old are able to help contribute and keep things clean already. And that as long as everything gets done eventually, which I know it will, it's okay. It's okay for it to be messy. One other bonus thing I thought of on this note is that my friend has bins for everything. She said she lets her house get really messy. Her kids have adventures. They they play. They're kids. They use their toys. They use their house. It's great. But she said before they go up for nap time, they do a 10-minute cleanup and they can turn the whole house around in 10 minutes. I'm not at that point yet myself, but we are moving toward toy bins for everything. And that just makes cleanup super easy and a kind of a no-brainer with kids. As long as things get in the right bin, the floor looks better. And as long as the floor looks okay, 
I feel okay. Um, so I know this one is such a struggle for, for moms. It can be so hard if you, I was never a neat freak in my life, but now I am much more of a neat freak than I ever was before. And oh my goodness, I just want my house to be clean. So I know that the struggle is real, but I think that if you are doing your best to remind yourself of all of the more important things, which is that your children are having a wonderful childhood, you're giving them the gift of a great education, and you are able to just keep peaceful, uh, a peaceful mentality around the whole of what you're doing, then you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. As long as you're doing your best, you're doing great. All right. And before I leave you, I'm going to give you my one other bonus tip for a peaceful homeschool year, which is a pray box. I know a lot of families have a, a prayer altar and we plan to institute one of those at some point soon. However, right now we're just at a point where everything gets pulled down and everything is, there's so much clutter that for us, a pray box works better. It also makes it feel really special for the kids. I have a, a box of stuff with our family rosaries, holy water, candles, um, real candles actually, but you could also use fake candles. Um, we light a candle, we put it up high on the shelf where they can't reach it. And then we also have in there little like statues, a little statue of Jesus, sweet little peg dolls of saints that my mom has painted for us. And we just keep that on a shelf and then we take it down when we need it. And uh, every morning we try to pray something, uh, whether that be a decade of the rosary or a simple Our Father if we're running short on time. Sometimes I'll let my big ones kind of pick a prayer for us. And it's also a great time to introduce some of the beautiful hymns, and the beautiful songs of our faith. So we try to do something with prayer in the mornings. And it really is nice for the kids. It's exciting for them to be able to give everybody a blessing with holy water, light the candle, have something for their hands to play with. And it's just, it just makes it more exciting and it draws them in. And then once we're done praying, everything goes back in the pray box and it goes back on the shelf in the living room where, where it lives. So that's just a little bonus tip. Um, I know sometimes it can be like pulling teeth to get children to concentrate and to get children to pray with you. And so on those days, uh, it, it can be really challenging for me to feel like it's actually beneficial prayer time for me. However, just the words themselves, whether that's the scripture or kind of some of the rote prayers of our faith, they usually help me remember to just keep the higher things in mind. And even if it is a frustrating time, it's not quite what I had hoped it would be. It does help me keep the bigger picture in mind to stay patient, to stay present, to allow myself uh, to, to open myself up to God's grace of whatever gifts he wants to give me in the midst of all the challenges. And it helps me just be the mom that my kids need me to be for them that day. So if you're homeschooling, I just want to say you're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. Uh, be really good to yourself and give yourself lots of grace. And uh, yeah, that's it from me. Oh, I know. Before I go, I suppose I should throw some shameless self-promotion in there. I'm making beautiful beeswax candles that are available on the Catholic All Year Marketplace. They are a vanilla oak sandalwood scent. They're perfect for the homeschool year. I was talking earlier about just keeping calm in the midst of the homeschool day. And my goodness, I just always have a candle lighted. It just makes such a big difference for me. So this candle is crafted specifically for that, for creating a calm, peaceful, beautiful home. It's 100% beeswax. It has a crackling wooden wick. And there are also lots of other candles available for gifts for yourself, family, or friends. And I will leave a link in the show notes for those. Okay, God bless until I see you for coffee next.